Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there it is. Mm, mm, mm. Woo! What's happening, everybody? You are listening to the Art Podcast with your temporary host, DJ Major Motherfucking Taylor. That's me, a.k.a. Ralph Darden, uh, a.k.a. the Shaw of Dardanistan, the Duke of Dardinia. Um, and my co-host here, Flufftronics. Hard. He's on the motherfucking technical aspects of stuff, doing all the technical technicalities. And then we got Dirty South Joe over here uh, jerking off with his headphones, <laughs> trying to fuck around, put them on. Dirty South Joe. What's good? What's DSJ. good? DSJ. That's what's up. We got DSJ in the house. And of course, my good friend and homie of amongst homies, the motherfucking low busy, aka low budget. He used to be low budget, then he turned like Lawrence Fishburne did into <laughs> Larry Fishburne, or Larry Fishburne into did, Lawrence I did, Fishburne. I did the old Larry Fishburne. That's right, did the old Larry Fishburne. He's low B, low B. I, I'm simply low B now, aka Michael McGuire. That is me. Welcome to the Art Podcast. If you're listening, you are here. It is live at the punchline. If you're listening, you are here. <laughs> we are live at the punchline, but you are not hearing us live because you're not at the punchline right now, and it's being recorded. As you have just heard, we have DJ Major Taylor, longtime friend and DJ, uh, talking about all the stuff that happened. He was a key cog in the early open format 2000s movement, and we kind of get into that and the, the variety of scenes that we were all parts of. And uh, just how that really shaped a lot of how we all DJ'd. And uh, we just talked about a lot of different stuff. Oh, my God. All right. So check it out. I got, I got a good story for you. Mike already heard this, but um, I just played a show in New York. Okay. Uh, with the, with, I'm in a um, band called Ted Leo and the Pharmacist. For the, You're a pharmacist. I am a pharmacist. And we Whoa. played a show in New York. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. We played, what do you play? I play guitar and sing. Uh, me wow. and Adrian Barry are the latest additions to the band. It's the latest addition, mm-hmm. but it's been like what three, two, three years, right? Yeah, it's been about three years. About three, about three years. years. Yeah. So we, so we go to the, the our hotel. Our hotel is in downtown Brooklyn, to Hilton, and um, I'm in my room. Me and Chris are in the room. We share in a room. I get up. I'm like, you know, I want a snack. I go down to the lobby. As I walk down to the lobby, uh, I see this this um, uh, group of people collected around the concierge desk it's about one in the morning <clears throat> excuse me um it's about one in the morning and it's a group of black people and there's like a little kid and little kids like doing little kid stuff and everybody's like oh look at the little kid i'm like who has a child out this late for shame oh my god you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, so uh I, and i'm walking through this and but i have to walk through this group of people to get to where the snacks are and uh as i walk through i'm like oh excuse me excuse me i look to my right look to my left and I look to my right and I see like a little short person. I'm like, oh, excuse me, excuse me. Oh, that short person is DMX. It's fucking DMX. You know? Wait, so the little kid was DMX? The little kid was not DMX. The little kid wasn't DMX. It was, but it was just DMX. But DMX was there taught with, with everybody else. And, uh, you know, I, I generally. You think it was the DMX family? The clan? I think it was. The X clan? Was it the X clan? DMX clan. <laughs> Another I think it was. Ups, DMX I think it was. I think it was. DMX clan. Not as out there as some of your yeah. others, but it's yeah. still a real. It thing. was. It was. Um. It was. I think it was definitely. There was some family stuff. It was his family. If yeah. I had to assume. And um, <laughs> and I look around and I'm like, wow, you know. And I just go and I ignore him, pretend like I'm ignoring him. And it's funny because. It made you too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because I because I'm because oh, I'm oh. I'm just like I'm like little kid says. Arr, arr. Right. <laughs> He's like. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm not really, you know. Have you met my baby seal? I think every every one of us, most of us here, 
uh, have had some interactions with famous people of varying degrees, of varying degrees of fame. And you generally kind of get used to it. You just don't give a shit, really. Right. But but there's some people that just have a thing, and you're like, oh, my God. It's that person. It's, it's that person. Holy shit, right. you know? And also, DMX is also, like, three foot seven. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he's like Oh, a is tiny, he really short? He's yeah. a tiny guy. Tiny guy, but he still has that energy, though. He's still the got that cylinder shit. of muscle still, and yeah, anger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> he's yeah, still got exactly. that, big, that big dog bark. Exactly. So, so I go around, and I'm, like, browsing through the snacks. I'm like... Snickers bar, no, no DMX here. Just uh, hanging out. Don't even notice that you're there. And I also don't want to harass the dude while he's with his family shit. So I grab the stuff and I go and I pay at the counter. I go to pay at the at the, I go to pay at the uh, concierge desk, and uh, I have to walk through them again. You know, and I'm like, excuse me, excuse me, I pay for my stuff. They they finish doing whatever business they have to do, at at the front desk, and the whole family goes and gets on the elevator. They're standing on the elevator, and I once again like. Uh, you know, I just leave them, give them some space because I'd imagine you don't want to go like harass the people while they're with their family. Like, just let them do their thing and just be stoked that you got to see them. And he gets on the elevator and there's all this space. <laughs> and I'm standing outside the elevator, just kind of lagging back. And he looks at me as there's this space to stand in. And I'm like, goes, hey, yo, space right here. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, man, all right. And I go, and he's like, come on. So I get on the elevator and I'm standing there awkwardly. Like in the crosstalk of DMX and his family, you know. What was he talking about with his family? What floor are you on? I'm on this floor. Oh, what about Sozo? Oh yeah, that nigga right there. I thought he was going to be such a, you know, just like uh, you know, uh, family stuff. Very, very general. Yeah, and uh, and uh, and I'm staring straight ahead, kind of grinning, like kind of occasionally looking over, like 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 we're humans on an elevator. Here we are. Um, the elevator door opens up. I get off of my floor. I go, y'all have a good night. He goes, hey, you you have a good night. He goes, and he's like, uh, uh, he goes, I love the hat. And I was like, thank you. I love your records. And the door closed. And I was like, it was the perfect celebrity interaction. <laughs> and then, you know, it was like the perfect, uh, perfect <laughs> amount of. So that was my adventure. That was like one of the highlights of my weekend was seeing DMX. That's that that in Chicago. You that things ha- like that. I remember. Okay, so when I DJed in Chicago, mm-hmm. I. Uh, it was me and Cosmo were doing like one of them like fader things. You were there, I think. It was at a hotel. Probably really. Yeah, I had to have been. Yeah. If you and Cosmo were in town, right, right, right. and I'm not there, that, yeah. I'm, I had to be like on tour or something. If no, that was I, the I'm case, pretty but. sure you were there. Mm-hmm. Um, and me and Cosmo were like going in the elevator in our hotel. Ronnie Bivens and <laughs> Bell Biv DeVoe. Oh, you was did this. tell me this. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah. But the funny thing is. It's like I was into ending my night with new edition if it isn't love. Uh, and I did it that night. Yeah. And I didn't know that he was actually at the party. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm playing if it isn't love. And everyone's kind of like grooving out That's to it as a awesome. night ender. And he's awesome. standing right next to me. Now, do you know how the moment was ruined? How? He handed me a CD and asked if he could play a song off his new CD. Oh. <laughs> The best interaction of that sort, um, one of the best ones that comes to mind was DJing Florida rooftop. Uh, can't remember what year it was. I want to say like 2005 or something. Pool party. DJing at the top of this 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 thing, and it's one of them looking pools. As a person who's a vehement, is an avid swimmer, I was I get mad at these pools that are like this pool. This is a looking pool. This ain't for swimming. Y'all just standing around being looked at in your stupid looking pool. Anyway, sorry. So people are at this pool. It's New Year's. I'm playing, I'm doing two sets. One early on, kind of warm up. 
up to like shortly before midnight. <clears throat> There's another DJ that follows me, and she's gonna close. She's gonna do the midnight thing, and then I come back in maybe two hours later. Um, the woman that is DJing after me don't remember her name. She was a um, she was like a she was a pretty good DJ. She was like she, you know she was fine, she, but she was definitely um, uh, wearing like a cocktail dress and and was like kind of a conventionally sexy lady yeah. kind of yeah. thing, like white lady, <laughs> sexy lady. Yeah, 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 like a conventionally sexy lady. And it, so so it was one of those things where I was it was Wait, like so you were at a sexy lady convention. <laughs> I was at a sexy lady convention. Okay, because uh, as I always am, uh-huh. you know, uh, in my mind. Um, and she was, <clears throat> and she was fine, you know. But she was like this, it's a, 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 this blonde, like six foot model looking woman, you know. Not detracting from the, from her ability, her aptitude as DJ, because she was fine. It wasn't particularly memorable though, right? And and this was also in the era where you had all like the Paris Hiltons and all the right, other right, stuff. Right. Did so, she play fine by Jackie Ao and the Yin Yang Twins. She, <laughs> she did not. Okay. But I, um, I do my set. She gets on, and I kind of kind of crushed it. You know, she gets on. She seems visibly annoyed. Seems kind of irritated. That you crushed it? Yeah. yeah. Seems kind of irritated. Oh, man. You shuttered right? it. You shuttered it. We can at another DJ for being great. That's she, crazy. She, she, kinda, she seems kind of irritated. She gets on. She sets up. She plays. She starts to play. As I'm about to leave, I realize that Jamie Foxx is here with his family at this rooftop. So Jamie Foxx and his family are there, and they're just fucking getting into it. Now, you all know, you all, especially being in Philadelphia club DJs, you know what black people at the club ain't nothing good enough for us. You know what I mean? Like, we're always going to be like, what's this? You corny. Play that new, you know, play my shit, you know. Especially when you're Jamie Foxx and the DJ and you're somebody in Jamie Foxx's entourage and the DJ is like this blonde white lady. They were just fucking eating she her alive. Yeah, she was about there, to get she's slaughtered. About to yeah. get slaughtered wow. Right. <laughs> and so they're just like, they're just like, you ain't got this. You ain't got that. What's this? You got what's that? You know, and I I'm, mean, I I kind of know why Jamie Foxx's family was so ticked off. Why would they ticked off? You, well, they got to blame it on the alcohol. Blame it. You know what, Joe? It was DJ alcohol. You're going you're going to hell for that one. <laughs> blame, blame it on the I, I, I. So I I left. I was like, ooh, I'm not. I just I'm gonna walk. So away. you think she was mad because you were crushing it, and it was gonna make her even look even worse? N- I don't know. No, because they came in as I was oh, leaving. Okay, so okay. this is this is going somewhere. Mm-hmm. So Sorry. I, I I so I leave. <laughs> I, hope I so. so no, this is you know me. I, I like to. Most stories have a, a a start, a middle, and an end. I just tell a series of middles, and then that's it. <laughs> I stop. Uh, the the um um I walk away. I take a break. I have my own little private celebration. Uh, New Year's Eve. I come back up. It's packed. Everybody's like trying to, they're having a good time. She's doing her job. You know what I mean? Give it to her. She's doing her job. But she is frazzled. Like when I came up before, she was looking all primped. Like she had just looked, you know, by, by the end, she looked like she had just been in a fight. Her hair was all right. She was like, I can't watch out for Jamie Foxx's family. They're just, they're just like, you know, uh, so it's like, a, especially Sly. They got <laughs> claws. Like Sly Fox. Right. And there's like, there's like, his, his, his grandpa, Fox. his grandpa read. Look out for them. They probably wanted Fantastic to hear the Mr. most like normal shit, though. You know what I mean? Well, like w- that's why th- that's why it was flop. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they well, probably didn't want to hear anything that outrageous. Yeah, it's probably just ill prepared. But but there was also there was Jamie's Jamie's proxy 
This little right. guy, this little Weasley dude. Yeah. He was like the little tiny guy in the Kung Fu movie. Don't find him here. You'll break the dishes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Jamie wants to hear his favorite new song. Right, right. You know, he kept running it's up his, to her. His entire world. Yeah, yeah. And he keeps running up to her. And he's like, Jamie wants to hear such and such. <laughs> Jamie wants to hear this. And she's like, I don't have that. Ah, nah, ah, you know. And so I get on. I get back on. I start doing my thing. Let's and, go. and I'm like, I'm like, I don't take requests. I just don't do it. I'm sorry. I don't do it. I don't care who you are. I don't take requests in a situation like this, especially in a like club on a Saturday night. I don't have right, to because it wasn't their private party or anything. right. Exactly, right. Yeah. exactly. And I'm here to kill shit. Yeah, and not exactly. Take requests, right. And exactly. I'm all out of requests. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I'm and I'm and I'm like you know, uh, I, you know, I'm good at this. I know what I I know what I'm doing. You know, so I get up there. I'm fucking, I'm punching this fucking party in the face. Everybody's going crazy. You having a good ass time. Jamie Foxx, keep in mind, he's not talking to me. The whole time he's like on the other side of the place, but his little proxy dude would come over and once like, "You have Jamie's new song, yeah." And I'd be like, <laughs> "I'd be like, um, no, I don't." And he'd be like, "Man," I'd be like, "I know," but but being mad is not going to make me have the song. So and I don't take requests, but you know, I hope you guys are having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> so I keep playing, and I'm fucking slinging it. I'm having a great time. Um, at the time, back in Chicago, I had started. To, Teddy Pendergrass had died. Okay. Teddy Pendergrass had died. And I had a moment where I was like, I want to do this series of just like fucking slow joints. I'm going to call it syrup. And it's just going to be like fucking sexy ass R&B music and slow jams from that era, uh, from like the from like the 60s yeah. up to like even maybe, maybe dipping into the 90s because R&B really kind of died as far as I'm concerned in the late 80s. You know what I mean? Like, like we'll get into that later. But, but, but. <laughs> Certainly do that. <laughs> okay. But, 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 but this, this, this kind of idea of like, just this fucking sensual, you know. And I came up with this set called my syrup set. And I started to do a night that was just like all slow jams. And it was great. It was great. But nobody was coming out because it was like a right. Wednesday night, yeah. you know. Um, but I had this thing in my mind. And there was this place was not the place to necessarily do it. But the party starts to filter out and starts to kind of end and come towards the end. And everybody starts to clear out. And um, it's a, probably about three o'clock like getting towards three o'clock in the morning um and i was like the last people around is like a few smatterings of humans yeah and jamie fox and his people oh uh-huh. they're still there and yeah and his mom's there too his mom's uh-huh. drunk which was crazy his mom's drunk. uh um uh because they were they were having a good time um and i was like got a bunch of black people in front of me some of them are older yeah it's time to drop the motherfucking syrup on them right and i was just like Turn off the lights, you know. <laughs> it's so good loving somebody yeah, when somebody loves you back, you know. And I was like, oh fuck, you know. And I play it. They start going crazy. They go nuts. They're like, oh my god, you know. Then I start dipping into some like '90s R&B stuff. I start right. dipping into it, like, and I'm like mixing it up. This I was hitting them with the syrup, and um, and then oh, that's what it was. I was I was contracted to go until four four a.m. I started playing the set at like 3:45. Okay. It gets to be about like 6 in the morning. It gets to be it gets to be like like it's like 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 uh I've got I've got them in the palm of my hand. You know, I've got Jamie Foxx and his family and his crew. You're DJing the, DJ in the next hand. Fox members wedding. Right. <laughs> right that, that's right. Right. In my mind. Like, we got to get my, his car. We got to get, get his car right, off. In right. my mind. And I'm and I and it's 3 
357, you know, okay. and I'm playing a song, or 358 or something, I play the song, and I'm playing what's going to be my last song in the evening, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, and I'm looking at my watch, and, and 359, and 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and just stop right in the middle of the fucking song. Everybody's like, oh, 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 what's going on, you know? And then I see Jamie Foxx break away from the whole crew. And he comes strutting over, comes strutting over, and doing the like, the like fucking Fred Sanford fucking or the, the uh, George Jefferson walk. Okay, you know what I mean. He walks over to me, he's like, what, 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 "What's going on, Playboy? What's, what, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening, Playboy?" And I was like, uh, "I'm, uh, we're done, Jamie Fox. How you doing, Jamie Fox? Because every time I meet a celebrity, I gotta call my full name. I'm like, we're done, Jamie Fox. What's, what, what's up? He's like, what, what, what you, what you just done? You just finished like that?' And I was like, "Yeah." I said, I looked at my car. I said, "I'm only." I'm only getting contracted to play till four o'clock. And as I look down, I'm watching. He's like, oh, oh, no. See, you know what? You ain't got to worry about that. You ain't got to worry about that. Oh, you, you, and he pulls open his jacket, reaches in his pocket, pulls out, just racks a hundred dollar bills, just starts throwing them at me like I'm a fucking stripper, just <laughs> chucking them at me. They're all there. They're sprinkling down on the turntable. And I'm standing here and I go and I, I got my hands up in the air and I'm looking at it all like like trepidations. I'm like, listen, Jamie Foxx. You ain't gonna have me up in here holding me hostage all night long, telling me what to play. He goes, no, no, no. You do your thing, okay? Nice. You do what you do. You do your <laughs> thing, okay? And I was like this, okay. And I scooped it all up and stuffed it in my pocket. And I start, and I was just like, bouch, catch, catch, bouch, bouch, bouch. You know, I play with pony. And they go crazy. They having a good time. And at the time, I had this ill ass mix with like um, this fucking Prince song and this Jodeci thing, and it was it was wild. Um, and then they left. And that was like, and then they like all petered out and left. And uh, uh, apparently, his mom lost her wallet at the at the party. Um, yeah, that was her a wallet. Good party. That was yeah. where he got all the cash. From his mom. So like, what are we gonna do? He asked the little guy who was asking to make it like, a yeah, request, yeah, and he's like, yeah, "Hey, I don't have any money, Jamie. You know, <laughs> he's like, Jamie, I get everything I do this for free." Jamie's like, <laughs> Jamie's like, "You know, I don't carry cash. How am I gonna pay this guy?" <laughs> he's like, mom's Jamie. wallet. He's like, "Yeah, Jamie's mom wants to steal money from your Jamie Fox invitation is pretty." It's pretty good. I, I like the impression. that the Weasley little guy. Like I think that demonstrates the whole thing. Like those guys, that that kind of person thinks it's supposed to be one way. Yeah. But when you actually tap into like the genuine souls yeah. of people, yeah. yeah, it's so much better yeah. than if you were playing. Was Jim Jones balling or whatever the right. hell was hot at the time? <laughs> right, you know right. what I mean? Like right, 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 <laughs> um, right. Was the Weasley Weasley little guy? Was that Tommy Davidson or no? <laughs> Listen, you leave Tommy Davidson alone. He was funny as hell back He was funny. Day. He was funny back You always make that face like. Tommy Davidson. He also looked kind of like one of my uncles. For well. the home so listener, Mike just made a Tommy <laughs> Davidson face. Yeah. Google yeah. Tommy Davidson funny face and then imagine me making it. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, that was my, that was probably one of my favorite celebrity. I never heard that story, man. I feel like I told you this story. No. Oh, maybe you had, you had disappeared for a while. <laughs> I, was, oh, I was on hiatus. You were on. You were on vacation. You were on vacation. You were on vacation. <laughs> but I think that's a um, that's a good segue uh-huh. into how I met you uh-huh. and uh-huh. the the role that you played in kind of everything. Yeah, you you have like a, a you were a key cog. In the in the wheel of all the the shit that happened in Philadelphia in the mid two thousands, but so, you know, I, I'm gonna go as far as saying you're, you're like his OG. Of course, of course, but also friends. So it's, yeah, it's yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. no, I mean that, and that's a 
like you, you made me cry on the air. I, I <laughs> consider I consider you and Cos, you and Cosmo yeah. by like the two main influences on like everyone yeah. always wants you to be like Jazzy Jeff Cash Money. Yeah, you know right, what yeah. I mean? Oh my and god! Like, oh my like, god! <laughs> the incident, Michael. Oh no, no, that's <laughs> never never to be spoken of. Um, but but when it comes and it's all but I'm always like yeah duh of course yeah. like huge yeah. pioneers like paved right. the way but like as far as personal style mm-hmm. um and like coming from the hip hop background and I talked to Cosmo about this like the first time I saw you play this is leads to a, another great Philadelphia the warehouse remote, the fucking 12th and Ridge spot yeah it was a warehouse I think home of the satanic rave google Philadelphia satanic rave the home listener it was a bad luck 13 show, right? Yeah. And it got busted by the cops and they had all types of like, it was Halloween. So they had like bloody babies and six, six, six. And the news reported it as a satanic Wait, I was rape. DJing that? No. Oh, same okay. venue. The place where I was. Just, venue. just, okay. just the is setting. It, is that the place that went on to be arts garage for a while? No. Okay. No, it's 12th and Ridge. It's actually close to the mausoleum. It's yeah. like, it might even be like attached to it. I, my memory's foggy. But uh, the Mad Decent Mausoleum. So anyway, the news went on and was like, Satanic Rave in Philadelphia. And I had just started, like, I was going to start doing stuff there, which is how I met you. And I remember telling my dad, the thing is, is like, the Satanic Rave ship was just news. But that dude had like AK-47s. They found like guns stashed in the place when the cops raided it. And my dad was like, this place you're DJing at, 12th and and Ridge. (laughs) I was like, oh yeah. He's like, he's like, no, I know the uh, the news uh, exaggerates stuff. I don't care about the satanic ba- bloody babies and all that shit. He's like, but what's the deal with the AK forty seven? So anyway, that's like a funny thing, the satanic rave, and it, you can Google it, and there are still articles from like the city paper and everything. Yeah, I'm seeing them. Uh, <laughs> but, but that uh, was that was the last. That was the first time you. The saw, first time I saw you menu. was another. It was like a bike messenger party. That's the one that makes right. sense. That makes and sense. I was there with Johnny from Goody Goody, also mm-hmm. mentioned on the Cosmo podcast. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh, Johnny, damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you were playing your set. Yeah. The, yeah. Like you and know, just cameo. like good. Yeah, yeah, cameo, juicy, and uh, and I was just like. Yo, this guy's like playing shit that I really like. Right, like, like right. you were playing classics, but not the too cool for school, right. like, uh, like right. Capoeira dancing <laughs> soul. It was right. like just shit, like WDAS eighties R and B. Because it was what I knew, it, right? What I right, grew up exactly. with. Yeah. It was very yeah. like of the people, you yeah. know. Yeah. And I was like, this, this guy's playing what he wants to play, and it it all fits in a hip hop context. And uh, it was inspiring, and like many other connections, I made, I was never like a political dude, like right. a hobnobber. Right. So all the connections I made were genuine, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that was be my advice to DJs out there. So many DJs asked me like, "How do you get into this?" Yes, I, I was like, "Well, I saw other DJs that were established that I genuinely felt I had something in common with, mm-hmm. and I befriended them, mm-hmm. and I'm still friends with them. So, like, like, so that, I mean, we're, we're right, best right, friends, right, you know? right, right. So it's not like, uh, it wasn't like, oh, let me well, sidle, like, let me yeah. sidle up to this guy mm-hmm. and, and see who he's got, you know? Because yeah. you were just throwing your own parties, so it's not yeah, like you were like exactly. on the fucking radio well, or well, something. Well, that, exactly. <laughs> that's that's what was funny. It was like 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 the idea of being established. Like I wasn't really quote unquote established per se, but um, but. I do. I did know that I loved, I loved turntablism, and I loved DJing, and I loved the idea that it was this 
this opportunity for me to play stuff because I grew up playing in these punk bands and right. playing in punk bands mm-hmm. and stuff all the time. So you can get into that if you want to. Yeah, yeah. so I, I, I wanted to, I, the, the way I wound up becoming a DJ was, it was quite accidental. I, I, um, I just thought, initially I just thought it was a neat way to play music that influenced the music I was trying to make. And when I started out doing this, all I wanted to do was play roots and dub reggae. That was it. And um, it's quite um, uh, pretty funny. My my old I was in this this punk band called Franklin. Oh yeah, and we would tour in the '90s all the time. And we'd go to Chicago, and there was a uh, trench mouth. Uh, Damon Locks uh, of the Black Monument Ensemble, hottest shit, hottest shit I've heard released in a long time. Just came out last well, a couple of weeks ago, week or two ago. Um, but anyway, Damon Locks, he's a phenomenal artist. While we were on tour, I went to his house. I get to his house and he's doing these lino cuts and he's got this lino cut splayed out on his desk and there's ink everywhere and it's gorgeous. It's this dragon and it's got like um, animals in a jungle scene and it says, it, I don't think it even had any, no, it didn't even have any text on it at all. And I was like, that's cool. What are you making an album cover or something? Because Damon did album covers all the time. He did the right. Had to Drive In, Relationship of Command a cover. That's probably the most, oh, okay. most kind yeah, of popular yeah, yeah. off the top of the dome, but he's done a ton of them. But he... um. He was like, no, this is for my friend's party. It's called the Deadly Dragon Sound System. And it's like a bunch of cats from Tortoise and a bunch of like, from that whole like thrill jockey uh-huh. kind of post-punk, jazzy post-punk scene that was jumping scene. off in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And he was like, they do this party once a, once a month or once a week and they charge $5 at the door and they play Roots and Dub Reggae. They play a bunch of like Reggae and Raga and a bunch of other stuff and it's just popping. And they do it in this like hole-in-the-wall club. And I was like, that's fucking cool. The cats from these bands that I like right, are right. like playing the stuff that I like. Like they get to do. I was like, I want to do that when I go back to Philly. And so I came back home to Philly and I was like, I want to be a DJ. I think I want to try. I, w- I think I want to try DJ. I want to try it out. And it, uh, I had tons of like, um, and I had tons of just reggae records, you know, right. Roots and dub records and stuff. And, um, um, because I had some degree of like I was a part of a scene, I knew that somebody would show up just out of curiosity to see what happened. Sure. So I wound up like um, I wound up playing at this this spot on 10th Street, and I can't remember what it was called. I can't remember what it was called. Not important. But I wound up playing at this small spot because this was back in the, the mid 90s, mid to late 90s. I wound up playing at this little spot, and I'm just playing reggae every week. And it's super fun, and I'm enjoying it. Where My friends show up. This was at 10th, and this was at 10th and Spruce. It was between Spruce mm-hmm. and and Pine. Um, um, it was a little jazz bar. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe somebody out there in the listening world yeah. will will remember what it was called. But I wound up like playing there all the time. I know it's doing this party, uh, a, a Sunday night thing. Meanwhile, uh, Max Lawrence, uh, aka King Honey, and uh, of Maximilian of 1026 fame. Of, uh, 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 yeah. Uh, where was his, uh, project with MF doom? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. A, he, he was there. He produced, uh, um, the Vic Vaughn, the first Vic Vaughn mm-hmm. album. He did a bunch of stuff on that. Um, him and my other good friend, the OG yes. ben, ben Woodward. Yeah. I Ms, mentioned Ms, him. Mr. Ten fingers. Yeah. He, those two had came back to Philly from RISD. Now, keep in mind, I love DJing. I, I'm interested in DJ culture. I love it, but I'm not really, I'm not really like 
knee deep in it yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I just love music and I like to, it's just another way to kind of expose people to something that I like. My, uh, um, uh, Max and Lawrence come back from RISD and I reconnect with them and I'm like, what's up? You know, and they're like, I'm like, I'm DJing. They're like, yeah, we're DJing. We DJ up at, at we were, you know, DJing up at our school uh, or up in this scene up there. Can we come do your reggae party? And I was like, yeah, yeah, come on through. Bring some records. Cool. Yeah, I'm having a hard time. Because you remember when you first started DJing and you were like, you're like, oh, man, I got a DJ for for four hours. Right. I've got like. And you only have the you records. Have, you have like have the records I have on, you know. And I was like, it'll be cool. I'll have some friends come, you know, and they can come through. So these dudes come through and they're fucking, they were like nice on the cut. Right. They were like killed. They were like great. They were great. And these dudes were just fucking doing their thing and they're and they're playing a bunch of fun stuff and they were like kind of killing it and it's that moment where i was like i want to do that that's what i want to do and i'd already i'm already like an autodidactic musician like i play a bunch of instruments but i don't i'm not amazing at any of them but i'm pretty good at most of them still don't know what bpms are still don't know what bpms are still <laughs> never paid attention uh and and i was like i want to like I, I still don't i still never doesn't never mean he can't mix no, yeah but never, if i say his song's 128 yeah, I'm always I, like, I don't know what the fuck that right. means i don't know what that means so i was like but i i was I, I started like getting into it and max and and max and ben like mentored me and they taught me like the tricks and the all stuff and all and i had all i had a, a massive collection of hip-hop records but it was all on tape. Nice. And it's tape and CD. So I start getting rid of all my tapes and CDs and I start buying records all the time. And I'm digging, I'm running, I'm trying to get stuff and I'm thinking about mixes in my head and I'm getting all stuff. And thus we began, began the like kind of journey of becoming a DJ. On top of that, from that, from Ben and Max mentoring me, they then take me to um, uh, Fluid. Okay. Where Cosmo was playing, or the remedies jumping off on With Rich name, Medina. With Rich Medina. Uh-huh. With Cosmo and Richard. This doing is their, late their 90s. This is late 90s. And I go to the to 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 that, and it was just this. It was like I was like, "That's it. It's game over." Right. I came to this thing. I was like, "These dudes are amazing. This is awesome." And this is like this is the path of my influence in terms of like these are the people that made me do what I right. do. That's a right. very like, special but, party to be exposed exactly. to. Exactly. Right? You don't you take that stuff for granted. I don't know where uh, you I could even come granted. close to hearing yeah. anything like that. It was phenomenal. In the last 10 years. Here. It was yeah. phenomenal. And not only that, but anybody who was anyone would show up at this thing. So it'd be like, like fucking MF Doom showed up. Tribe, you know, fucking Questlove's going to DJ. Andre you know, 3000. 3000 like anyone who is anyone would be at the Remedy on a I wasn't there. I just heard the story. Right, right, right. And it would be, and it was a fucking Monday night. You know what I mean? It was a Monday night, which is crazy. And it jumped off every night and it was so exciting, so much fun. And meanwhile, I'm still navigating my like punk rock, indie right. rock world and still, mm-hmm, I'm still mm-hmm. very that, much yeah. part of that. Quick, right. quick sidebar question on that back to Trenchmouth. Like, uh-huh. did you have any interesting like Fred Armisen kind of Oh, Fred is, Fred is my dog. Actually, I was going through my, my drawer of stuff. Uh, Fred sent me, a, um, I have a postcard, a Prince postcard that Fred sent me from tour from trench mouth tour because i was like i like i was constantly at this time like i didn't know you guys but i was yeah. in dc but i was a big fan of trench mouth and like all those bands you mentioned in that whole scene of music so it's like yeah i remember meeting upon meeting you one time mentioning trench mouth where i originated the conversation and yeah. you showed me like a back tat yeah i have a tattoo the I, was like, I was like this is weird <laughs> was, I, I think i remember that night too because you were kind of we were all just kind of meeting each other yeah they were all one of the great that trench mouth was one of the greatest bands ever oh, they and were such they like that band was so 
so fucking. Dude, I would good. see them play shows with Nation Ulysses and stuff. Oh, and, and I'm in a band with James Candy from Nation Ulysses now. Like it's yeah. like it's it, 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 it's it's like I didn't realize James Candy was in. Uh, yeah, was in he's the, in the pharmacist. The pharmacist and he's, yeah, and he's in the makeup too. Yeah, James is doing. James is James <clears throat> is like that dude is like the hardest working dude in like fucking indie rock in the in the punk rock indie rock world. Yeah. Like that dude is like. Like even in, in the pharmacist, he's like, I'm playing keyboards, I'm playing guitar, I'm singing backup vocals, I'm doing, you know, like James is all he's a, he's a hustler, dude. He's a yeah. hustler. He like fucking like, James is like the fucking like ninety ninety seven Honda Accord of a fucking. <laughs> he's like he's just like dependable and will always get it done when it, like like that shit. Like James is just like the hard. He's like the hard. Anyway, so trench mouth. Ill ass man, Damon, big influence on me. He's yeah. like my big brother. He's my best friend. I like I hang out with him. Probably spend most of my time with him. Um, uh, you came into the picture, um, because I from that that like this after I meet Mike. This is long after I meet Mike, but I start going to buy records all the time. Right, and now I'm like, okay, well I'm a DJ. I gotta go to Armand's now, <laughs> and I go to Armand's and Funko Mart and all the other you know, and I'm getting all the stuff I want to get. But it got to the point where, I, and I'd be like, "All right, well, I gotta stay up on stuff." And I was like, "Joe is the dude that would always like be like, you gotta get this, you need this, you need this.'" And I would go every time I would go to Armand's, and I'd see uh, Joe at Armand's. I felt like um, James Bond with Q in the beginning <laughs> of the movie. He'd be like, "Well, 007, you need this new Ludacris record, mm-hmm. yes, and you're gonna need this one too. This is what it takes a while, but like once you like <laughs> once you kind of it's just I just remember just everybody being different customers having different needs. There's right. certain people that are like a guy like Jonathan Tripp McMillan would be playing like 16 year old kids every weekend, so he'd mm-hmm. be like anything that's even remotely next, yeah. give me that. Yeah, I need that <laughs> yeah. sight unseen. I'm gonna buy that. Yeah, and yeah. you know, and then yeah. everybody else would be like, yo. You know, I got this type of gig, this type of gig. So yeah. maybe you don't need like all ten of the hot joints that week. Right. Maybe you only need right. two. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like just like yeah. Joe is my, like, my weapons. As expert. you as you as you <laughs> as you develop that 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 ability with people, you just Yeah. And I remember you got and you got mad at me one day. Because I was always Joe, we get mad when I never someone would Joe. deny his his choices. No, okay. No, hey, no. it's your funeral, man. Yeah. You yeah. wanna go to the party without uh this new Nelly song. Well, that's if that's I, your loss, buddy. There was a, there was a, I'll there see was, you next week when you come back on your knees crying for it. And there's none left. Just, and was, there's none was, left. I was known to get hyped. Yeah, Jeff, Joe got mad at me because I was. Uh, I think at the time, like there was some stuff. It was a lot of stuff coming out that I was like, I don't like this. I don't like this shit. I don't like the direction <laughs> this is going. And I was like, you kids get off my lawn with your fucking. Well, you know, and I was like, what the fuck is this? And I, I remember being like, Joe. What okay? What stupid shit do I need this week? And you were like, if you're gonna ask me like that, then don't even fucking, don't even fucking bother. Like, why you know? You, you rarely had the gigs where you were strictly an employee, though, right? Like, you always had your own party. I had my own party. Not even maybe in Chicago, it's a little different. But when you were you kind of ran early Silk City, right before yeah. the Reed. Okay, model, so let's right? let's take it back then. Let's continue on this on this story then. The the, the of, uh, like you're hanging with Max and Ben. Okay, so I'm hanging with Max and Ben. There there we had our little crew, the Needle Armada. Okay, that was a, you know that was our I'm scared crew. already. <laughs> <laughs> not much came not much came of it, but we would DJ together, and and I was very very eager and very like hungry and just wanted to be down and and um uh. And I'm watching like you know DMC videos and mm-hmm. stuff, and I was always like you know, um, and then um, I was navigating these these multiple worlds, wearing multiple hats. So I'm still in Franklin, 
Um, I'm still touring and I'm still touring and um, playing in all these punk bands and getting to know people all over and doing all this other stuff. You know, I've got this whole different existence. And Franklin was moderately successful. Like they, I don't know about. Who would you, I guess who would you the, rank them for? Because like, if the list, like for me, even uh-huh. myself, like in terms of like a hip hop act, would it be like a raucous records type, yeah, type thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But but like, but it would be like raucous records. Like it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be Not like most. most deaf. It wouldn't be yeah, most deaf. Yeah, yeah. You like, know what I mean? Like Zoot. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So while I'm navigating this world, and it's also this thing, like it's all white kids. You know what I mean? Like punk rock when I was a kid. In Philly, growing up in Philly, felt a lot more. The punk scene in Philly in the 80s, in the late 80s, felt a lot more like you'd imagine like New York in in the 70s or in the 60s, you know, or like in the CBGB's era where you'd be like, it was kind of, it was diverse. Right. Like there was a little bit of everybody, like all kinds of weird freakish people. And it was just like weirdos like what you got it was a vibe yeah it was a vibe and it was a thing and it, and it was dirty and it was like you know and it quickly turned shifted from that into this like all white world and here i was still in it you know and and it was cool it was I, like i enjoyed it and i loved all the people that i was with and i loved all the things that i was doing but there's this element of just like i was kind of like i'm really just would like something i'd like people that look like me <laughs> to be able to do something with people that look like me you know and 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 that's that DJ DJing started to kind of um, fill that void, but that got weird too because um, uh, then you, you're you're dealing with we're still in the era of like is hip hop going to stick around? Okay, you know what I mean. And so you've got and then as it becomes more popular, and I get addicted to that. Like everyone sitting at this table knows the addiction of get of the first time you played a record and somebody went and the whole room went oh. <laughs> and you were like, hey, yes, <laughs> give me more, you know. You become addicted to that. So you're like, you start to seek out popular stuff. And you start to figure out how to incorporate it into and still put your own signature, your own, like, your, yourself into, inject yourself into your set. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but with that comes the purists, the hip-hop. I'll never forget this white girl coming up to me. Like, when are you going to play some real hip-hop? And I just wanted to be like, <laughs> don't you get the fuck out of my face? Like, and that, stuff. We talked about that on the show, that, that late 90s backpack. Yeah, like, man. Yeah. Like, like, you have, like, a, a white woman telling a black man like what what what, what, yeah yeah, and i was like (laughs) fuck out of here like you know what i mean like go away leave me alone let me just like enjoy i'll never she was probably thought she was the most woke person right 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 by today's standards one of my favorites you remember um little brother incidentally grew up a few years later to become tribe guy (laughs) and her her son became uh j cole guy a few years (laughs) yeah yeah you remember you remember um family that's cool. cool. I like that. But, but we went, well, I remember us going out and eating at one night. Silk City. With Silk the, City. The, the, and Heidi got And having set, an yeah. argument with, with her about how Missy Elliott wasn't real hip hop. Oh, and now oh, she's like revered as like a feminist icon, right, right, body right, positive. Right, yeah, right, yeah. right, right. It was really People it was, forget, dude. Jay-Z yeah. wasn't, ex- like, yeah. that, and that's why that faction, I always just make fun of them because like, you just like shit when it's old. Like once something right. becomes old, then you want to have the like just right. blaze theme party, right. you know. I, but it's like when this shit was out, you were playing like most deaf and uh yeah. and like nineties hip hop. Yeah. Or Pusha T is now like the illest MC ever. Right. But when right. when right. grinding was out, no one was like well, that was like jiggy shit. You the know? thing was, I would say between the years of nineteen ninety seven or ninety eight, and like two thousand, two thousand one tops. There was kind of a, a enough 
music that those people could live in that bubble. Right, right. And yeah. then Raucous fell apart and the bottom fell out and it just didn't really exist anymore. It yeah. just went from like, there was just a certain point in time but then the it music intelligence. 2001, it was a rap. It was a rap. Yeah, that well, whole, also right, because whole, what happened was their done. DJs, like me and Brendan and Cosmo and you, mm-hmm. started not playing that stuff anymore because we wanted like, like girls. girls at the party. Like, we liked, we liked <laughs> not just girls at the party, but energy. actually being booked to DJ things where, you know, the yeah. uh, you know ultimately you're trying to make the bar money and right. <laughs> to keep right. their lights on and pay their employees. So, right. like, they want people around who are capable of doing that. And sometimes uh, that Medulla Oblongata rap ain't really Yeah, and also things come in, like, it's phases, my too. Like, uh, that it was, like, tied in a lot, I feel like, with, like, temple and college culture, mm-hmm. underground. You know what I mean? Like... Mm-hmm. Temple kids would have a party on uh, Rodman Street and mm-hmm. be playing. Mm-hmm. Guys, can we take a quick commercial break? For PP? <laughs> That's track number eight on our sound effect CD. <laughs> Summer. <laughs> okay, that's it. That's so it's, uh, um, that was, what was interesting for me was that I didn't care about, Eventually, it got to the point where, like, like I, I never cared about genres of music per se. Right, right. And this is where you, this ties into my and, right. and us going on with, like, holotronics exactly. and all that stuff. Yeah. Was you were kind of, like, one of the early, like, I, people love to talk about, it's always been open format. No, it hasn't. No, it hasn't. Okay. It has not. It's been open format when you play these, like, pre-sanctioned, this is the rock songs that hip-hop DJs right. play. Back right. in black into... I love rock and roll right. into Billy Squire stroke. Big, you know big, what I mean? Beat, big yeah, beat. big yeah. beat. Mm-hmm. And it's like, or like, here's the eighties joints that have already been sanctioned by like the grandmaster flashes as like the eighties joints we play. Right. right. And, and even those rock songs you mentioned, they were all literally sort of about the drums. Right. Breaky. Than, like, it's all they, breaky. Yeah. Rock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So there's like, yeah. Yeah. So, right. So, yeah. right. So yes, their open format has existed. To a degree, but not in like a truly like no one was playing like weird white people shit. You know what I mean? And, and that's and that was where the, no, the I whole, mean, yeah. No, there was a what what you guys are talking about. There was like maybe Mark Ronson and uh, those yeah. Guys but I feel like that like that that's was they were open they were opening it up to that level. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that was also right at the time when indie and punk and et cetera started making more dancey music or yeah. at least that stuff yep. you know became all more that JFA popular stuff and all that mm-hmm. yeah yeah and, and, um um dfa dfa sorry JFA. 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 jfa jfa was not dancey stuff no not jfa was skate punk jeff from above jeff from um um yeah it's true it was also like what was and what was interesting about that fluff was that the like you know as i mentioned before like when i grew up in and punk and indie. Mm-hmm. This was back when you could have a punk and indie because there wasn't an internet. There is no underground anymore because the fucking internet. Fact. Like everyone has access to everything all the time. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. so so I, so, uh... so so. But wait. So so. Mm-hmm. The, 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 it then started to break off and turn into this thing where it was just like all white kids. And and what was funny to me was all these all white kids. But now all of a sudden they the the like it, we, we were it's starting to turn into this thing where we're like. The club, we're at the club, like white kids discovering the club and turning it into dancey music and then like like dif- differential to like disco, you know what I mean? And I was like, that's this is fucking weird. I like I like this sonically I like it, but there's some under undergirdings of weird stuff of me like grappling with the like kind of 
racial identity. Right, you had to wait till it was made by a certain yeah, type of people exactly, to get down to it. Exactly. Yeah. You exactly. never just got loose when it was right, fucking uh, right. cameo. Like, you exactly. Know I mean? Exactly. <laughs> right. And like, I was but like, now they're like some like dude right. with haircuts making it. You know. Yeah. So that was the thing. I started doing. Let's get by negative fucking. The idea was that it was five dollars at the door, but it's free if you came in your underwear. <laughs> and I was also, and part of me was like, I'm just curious. Like we we live in Philly. We a bunch of cheap motherfuckers. Like. How far will people go to get into something for free? <laughs> I'm like, we already had Richie and and Nemo and fucking and Zach like naked on stage. So like people know that this shit gets wild here when I do a thing, you know? Right. And so I did this party and was like, and I'm and I could play other stuff besides hip hop. And this was me carving out the next. It was like the next phase. And you did you have know, the yeah. makeout booth, right? And I had a make. I had a makeout booth. That was that was on Valentine's Day. So oh, that, that was, was a special a, thing. That was a special right? thing. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. played. We had to make out booth. Was I pulled names the out of hats. Sixties man. This is a lot of free love going <laughs> I had a key on. Party. Seven had a key party. Seven seconds in heaven. So, yeah, 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 yeah. It was great. And then and um and and it was and it was fun. It was like a lot of fun. And people would would show up in their underwear sometimes. And and it was like, it was totally like enjoyable and. And it wasn't like, and it's and it's like as much as like it was like you know lascivious and explicit. Like it really wasn't. It was fun. It, it was, was fun. fun. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like it wasn't like some nasty. Like if that shit happened now, I'd be like, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 simulated yeah. sex yeah. on the dance like, floor. Yeah, like it'd be like yeah, fucking yeah. gross. But but yes. like simulated. Yeah, right. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it was it was a lot of fun. And then around that time, that's when I met Mike. And uh, um, that's when I met Mike, and. He and I started de- throwing some stuff, to doing some parties together, and it was cool because, you know, Mike. I was your hip hop. Yeah, yeah. Hip hop plug. Right, yeah, right. Mike yeah. was my hip hop plug, and we would just like, and we would do a party. We do parties together, and it was super fun to have this dude who had this like. He, he, technically, he was he was ill. That was like my prime. Like that was the other thing is that that was like my focus. Like I got into this because I was like I want to fucking, like after I went through my phase of just like I want to play reggae records, mm-hmm. I I was like. I want to fucking learn how to be ill on the cut because it's a thing that you can see and you can perform and people it's, it's visually quantifiable. You know, um, I started, I started my company now. I do uh, November electric and I do, I hire I do weddings and corporate events and a bunch of stuff and I hire other DJs, but the whole deal is I want my roster to be filled with people that are nice on the cut. That still use turntables. I don't care if you use Serato. It's fun. That's great. That's you know. That's cool. But but you got to be like some certain degree of technical acumen because when somebody sees you be like, you know what I mean? They're like, that's a look at me. I just did my Razel. That's pretty smooth. But but when you see somebody do that shit, then you're like, all right. Even if you don't like what they're doing, like the the song, you're like, and if even if you don't understand it, yeah, you're like. I can quantify. Right. Like he's doing he's something. He's doing a thing. Yeah, yeah, hand. yeah. This is something. His or, he his, just, or his or her He didn't hand. just start like, this yesterday. Right, yeah. exactly. So so, um, so um, I'm building that up, and then and and I met Mike, and it was cool to have this, this like, other, this, like, younger dude who's, like, nice on the cut. Uh, Yeah, it was, it worked out pretty good, and then I, I wound up becoming a fucking DJ, you know? And, and I didn't... I never expected to. I never expected to do what I do now. I never expected to for it to be like a career, you know. So do you uh you're on the road a lot playing music mm-hmm. in bands. Do you uh do you book 
uh, DJing gigs along the same tours to play like the late nights while you're in? I do. Sometimes when I, whenever it's available, I, if I can book something, I'll book it. Also, I travel a lot. My life is, is basically like I write music for myself and I, uh, I score film and TV and commercials and stuff whenever I can. I, um, and I just write stuff just to write stuff just to be creative. I play in bands right now. The only band I play in is, is, is the pharmacist, Ted Leo and the pharmacist. Um, and I DJ, I have my residencies and my like club stuff that I do. Um, and I also, I have a little company, November electric, my, my event service DJ company, um, which I do a lot of, um, weddings and corporate events. That's an interesting thing. That was something I was very excited to talk to you guys about, um, was the idea of DJing weddings because I don't, um, um, I don't drink. I've never been drunk a day in my life. Never been interested in drinking. Never been interested in alcohol or drugs, you know, or any of that stuff, or any of the kind of typical things that come along with nightlife. And there was something about, there was the social element of being young and being excited to be just be in a room full of people and getting and being a part of something, you know, which was really cool. And, and, and I like, I do love, I like chaos to some degree. I like a degree, some, some degree of control chaos um, that comes with a party. But as you as I get older and I start to really kind of reassess what is really important, um, the the distillation of it is I love music. I fucking love music. I love talking about it. I love playing it. I love creating it. And I love DJing and mixing it together and manipulating it and fucking around with it. With that revelation, you start to be like, I don't give a shit about alcohol. I don't care about alcohol sales. I don't care about like, you know, I want the people, you know, obviously, uh, you know, me and the people that run bars and clubs, we have a great relationship and I want them to be successful. Sure. But I don't care. That's not my, but we don't have the same bottom line per se, we, you know, and, and that's where we diverge sometimes, you know. Um, and I I really started to be like, what the fuck is up? Like, here I am in this room. And the more popular, the more music became, I, I was, let me, let me, let me uh, back up for a second. I have been fortunate enough that the things I love to play and the way I love to play has been congruent with, at least congruent enough with popular sentiment sure. that I can carve out a living and that have, you know, some degree of success and follow and people uh, uh, when I do it. Um, while simultaneously doing what you want. While do. simultaneously doing what I want to do. Now, that starts to split up a little bit because music is a lot different now than when I started doing this. And there becomes less and less things that I'm actually interested in that uh, uh, that I would, like, listen to and be like, right. oh, it's I It's almost this. impossible to keep that after, like, two decades. Like, the, right. the right. overlap of shit that you genuinely love and right. the people that are 15 years younger than right. you genuinely love, right. it just naturally gets thinner wait, and wait, thinner. Wait, wait. Two right. rappers calling themselves a baby right now? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and and there's, there's so much, there's so much, there, and, and it is, and nightclubs are also a young person's game. Like, people in nightclubs are between the ages of, um, We'll say seventeen, even though there's a lot of lot of a lot of fake IDs out there. Like seventeen and thirty, you know what I mean? Maybe right. maybe 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 early thirties. Um, but unless you're in just like a, a, a situation that's like a you know. So if you're catering to these people and you're doing this stuff, like I start to get like I don't I don't give a shit about a lot of my like modern stuff. And this isn't just me like get off my lawn with you, with your fucking rap music, but it's more because there are things that I do love. 
Right. There's things that I do love and things that I do enjoy. But um, I started to get people ask me to do someone like people would ask me to do weddings and they would ask me to DJ their wedding. And I'd be like, I don't do a fucking wedding. I'm fucking I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an artist. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know, I'm like, I'm an artist, you know, and 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 uh, I'd be like, I don't fucking do no wedding. And then eventually I broke and somebody was like, do my, and somebody cool asked me to do their wedding. Somebody that was like, like uh, some creative person asked me to do their wedding. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll do it. I'll try it out. And I did it. And I had the realization that I was like, okay, I'm in a room with everybody dressed to the nines. I love suits, you know? Uh, I love, like, everybody's dressed to the nines. Everybody's eating the best food in this idyllic environment, this beautiful environment. And no one is here just because alcohol, and it's daytime, you know what I mean? On top of that, I can play Patsy Cline and Takashi 69 and someone in the room is going to love it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, 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 so, like, mm -hmm. like, I can, I, like, I can play that shit, shit that I would like listen to. And, and you got a minimum of like three generations. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And now all of a sudden you got like some, and not only that. But Who some, doesn't like playing a Motown set and having it go the fuck off? Right. And somebody's right. I started realizing this too. Right. For me, it's not the, it's the other stress in weddings that make me right. avoid them. But right. But the music part is fun. Is the DJing right. part of a wedding. Is right. Great. And, 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 the, and the part that, the, the part that's stressful is mitigated by the, the idea that I'm like, being in a fucking club is stressful. Like, be, being in a club is stressful. We're just used to it. You know what I mean? You can get used to anything, the, 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 the like, kind of, like, just going and, like, you go every week. And you, but, like, be, imagine being me and going into a nightclub full of drunk people when you don't drink. I've never been drunk in my life. I don't care about alcohol. I could give a shit about alcohol. Like, I don't care about that, that like, that and being around that energy all the time and being in the dark and people are wilding out and there's all these extra weird things. So I discovered that like doing these, these weddings and I was like, this is kind of awesome and it's kind of better. And I started to do like, and, and not only that, but it was like, I would do high end weddings. If it's the right these, people. I would do these yeah. high end weddings and I could be selective about my clients. And the next thing you know, I start flying places to do it. Yeah. And essentially I become a touring wedding DJ. Right. So right. like, I like, I'll be like, oh, I'm in, I'm in, like, I, I did a wedding in Cambodia. Uh -huh. I did a wedding in Australia. I did like, oh, you know, and they were great. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were great and they were great. And it's the thing, like when we were all coming up, we all had the fantasy of like being like, um, in the back of our minds, we all had the fantasy of being Wes, yeah. essentially. You know what I mean? Like, like uh, uh, we all had the, the idea that we're going to be like big DJs. We're doing a thing. We get paid a bunch of money and we get put up in a hotel and you get a bunch of money, you get to put up in a hotel and then you go do the thing and people are like, yeah, and they go crazy and you got like, you do a music festival or whatever. Bit overrated, I can say from the- Super the, 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 overrated. The, the few you know, experience I've had exactly, with it. Exactly, exactly. You don't really, only like, there's like a weird top 1% that really make that much money. Right, You know what I right, mean? Like, right, right, like It's right, like a handful. Right. The rest is like, yeah, you're just in another place. Right. So, your expenses so, are out of the flight and hotel. Right. You know right, what I mean? Like right. the fee is still like whatever. The idea was that you had this fantasy about what the successful DJ lifestyle is going to be like, but you don't take into consideration all these like weird life factors. And I wound up like doing this thing. And I remember one day waking up and being like, I'm in a really nice hotel. Somebody just gave me a lot of money and I'm look overlooking like a mountainside or something. And I was like, and I just DJed this thing, this wedding. And it was just beautiful, you know? And I played all kinds of stuff, that, like mostly shit that I like. 
when I had just done a club the, like two nights prior and was like, I played stuff that I was either like, it's fine. You know what I mean? Uh, it was fine, but like I wasn't really. It's like, functional. It's it was functional. To get, to and it was, you know, space to get to the yeah, point where you get excited yeah. about playing stuff. But the wedding was like straight up fun. And I was like, I'm doing it. I am living the crazy DJ lifestyle. Yeah. Because, but, and I've managed to carve out this lane that has been, it's been uh, successful and I feel good about it and I enjoy it and I love it. And the, and the people that, I, and I'm making people happy. And I'm bringing people together, and it's not a lot of like extra bullshit. You know what I mean? Um, I still love the club. I still right. love. I need a hit of chaos. Yeah. You know, I need my hit of chaos, and I need my hit of that nightlife and that energy, and I also want to stay on top of things. Um, but uh, but I, I doing wedding weddings has been like this crazy amazing thing. Is that, there an element of uh, when you just know that that day is like for a lot of people, like, you know, we got one chance. This is the one thing yes. to get it right. This isn't like two days out of the weekend where you got two nights to go out and party. Right. This is something else. This right. is a, hopefully for most people, a once in a lifetime kind of experience yes. that they want to remember perfectly forever. So you got as the DJ, I guess there's sort of the added pressure mm -hmm. of that. But at the same time, the, I guess the added, is there like a, is there like a, a feeling that comes from that? Yes. From providing that service for people. Cause to me, a lot of the time, mm -hmm. It's a really simple thing, like when you actually have a room in a sort of blissed out state. Yes. That, you know, you're like, oh, I'm kind of responsible for helping these people achieve this sort of uh, nirvana on the dance floor, whether it mm -hmm. be, or just any kind of social interaction where it seems very yeah. up, very positive. I yeah. imagine at a wedding, uh, sometimes it, it, it really is kind of a, there's quite a, there's, a there's different, quite a different few. element of what. what, what Makes you feel the satisfaction of yeah. your job, right? There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of different. Uh, there's a lot of interesting, uh, particularly like emotional things that come along with doing a wedding that um, I never. I like once again, just like becoming a DJ in the first place. This was a thing that was so serendipitous that I never expected to be such a thing, you know. Right. Um, but there's a lot of like interesting emotional stuff that comes along with it. One um, is the I get. We're sounding corny. I get weirdly touched by the fact that I have people have said to me on multiple occasions, "I, you know what? I didn't even know when I uh, when I when I was getting married before I was even thinking about getting married. I always thought to myself, he's going to DJ my wedding.' Mm. People say that to me all the time, yeah. and it makes me feel really good. Like the fact that you're like this life. This is a life decision that you're going to make." And that you thought about me being part of it, you don't even know me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but you know that I have the the taste and the technical acumen and the ability to like try to bring people together and to do the best I can and and, and, and you know enhance the experience. Yeah, to enhance this experience, yeah. and that you think of me as the first fucking element of it. Like that's insane. When was the last time somebody came to you and was just like at a at a rat like it was just like you know what? I don't go out to clubs very often, but if I'm going to. I want to go to one where you're at because it's great and it feels great, right? right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. and and imagine that being this thing that was like something that was like a life changing event. You know what I mean? Um, and the second thing that's that I always find interesting from the um, like like I said before, the technical acumen, the idea of being nice on a cut and being able to cut and scratch and do all the cool stuff tastefully and to implement it tastefully. Um, that's I mean. Where, where else is a more like razor's edge place to find that right. balance than, right. a, than a wedding? Right. <laughs> like, right. Right. Who wants to see some jackass up there like doing an air guitar solo right. like, on right. his turntables? Like, right. Over right. Scratching. Right. 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 <laughs> like, and, and the fact that and the fact that I can do it 
and make people be like, he's good. He's, he's insane. You know what I mean? They're like, they're like very, they're, they get very excited about it when they, when they see it done well and they get, um, they get stoked about it and it makes me feel good and it makes them feel good. And they know that they've got someone that is very good at this. I am bet Like I can say without equivocating and it sounds kind of crazy, but like at the risk of being pompous, I am one of the best wedding DJs. Yeah. Anyone, like, like, like I am better than most of the wedding DJs you will encounter. Right. You know what I mean? Like, 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 because, uh, uh, because I guess I'm not really a, no, I am a wedding DJ. And my, and my, well, you get better at it. Like, I yeah. remember, like, there was a few years where I was doing, mm-hmm. uh, a, I found myself doing a bunch of weddings, just people we know getting yeah. married and a similar thing where it was like, oh, I'm playing for people that used to come out. 15 right. years ago right. so right. here here you go here's right. the latigra decepticon right. Right. and the right. fucking bombs over baghdad <laughs> right. you know right. what i mean right. Right. and uh and it was like a reunion of sorts yes you know yes Absolutely. but um at the same time after i had done a couple i started realizing like oh i got my little wedding set you right. know or right. like I'm, right. I'm i'm getting good at this you right. know right i know it, i know that i can hit them with this if it starts to, you know well you, you know mike you used to always say that i had a universal set Back in the day, you were like Ralph had this kind of like universal set. It was like this thing that's like, right. And as I got older, that stuck with me, and I was like, I always want to be able to maintain that. Uh, Damon Locks from Trench Mouth and, and and Black Monument and some. He he was he was like, you know, if you just don't do bullshit, if you just do the thing that you do, eventually people will start to come to you for the thing that you do. And I cannot encourage people enough to, to like try to carve your own lane out if you can. It's the same thing like you were talking about when younger DJs or people will come to you. Not just DJs, just creative people, musicians, anybody in general come to me all the time that were younger folks and they would ask for advice. And the whole idea was like, do what you love to do and do the thing that you do that only you can do. And you may not make a whole bunch of money at it, but you broke now. So you can be broke without a record out that is indicative of you expressing yourself the way that you are or you could be broke and playing a bunch of bullshit for a bunch of people uh, and trying to cater to a bunch of people you don't give a shit about that you don't care about trying to impress a bunch of dudes you know what i mean so so that that really stuck with me um in terms of like uh it was very like you said it's very freeing right um why do we bring that up there was, I, was, I, I don't know, but I want to talk about DJ shit still. Yeah, me too. Michael Jackson sucks. Oh, Michael yeah, Jackson yeah, that's trash. right. That's right. <laughs> Can I talk about some of your early things? Yeah. Okay, so you're definitely the first DJ I ever heard play Toto Africa. Yeah. And you would play it out of Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah, yeah. Because you said they had the same drum same pattern. Same drum pattern, yep. And drums. this was like the late '90s, and I think it was at Hope Street. Remember that spot, Hope Street, the Hope Street, yeah, apartments, yeah, yeah, or like, yeah, yeah. Or like the yeah. warehouse on Hope yeah. Street, yeah, when uh, no yeah. one lived on Hope Street, yeah, you, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, next yeah. to that yeah. Tony's Way yeah. bar, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Africa and um, Fantasy, Fantasy right. is my <laughs> is my favorite. Like I, that song, that's when I start my nation. The nation of Dardanistan. <laughs> <laughs> that is the Dardanistan fantasy. Earth, Wind, and Fire's fantasy is the Dardanistanian national anthem, and uh, but the drums have the same. You know, it's like they like and one is of course one hits harder than the other, obviously. Right. But in terms, no. Of the but drum, back then, know. like. People didn't play. To- I don't know when Toto became this like bro anthem, like college kids yeah. sing along. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how it happened. I'm yeah. not mad that it did, mm-hmm. but I remember it used to be like a song where like I'm gonna try and slide in 
Africa or like I hate that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hate I hate that. Like like I've always but it was something that used to be like interesting yeah. is now like a standard. Yeah, it's I not mean, even, and it's not even and, and I I hate that I hate that the world does that to songs. Like music is fucking music, man. Like it shouldn't have a shelf life and it shouldn't be a thing that like it becomes this trend that you fuck up and now you it, it, you 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 make it this popular thing and then it like peters out. So like now if I play Africa, it's like ironic or crazy. But now you can't. No, get, it's. It's a part of your set. It's just part of a, a part. It could but, be depending on who you're playing for. But, I don't really play it that much, honestly. But. Well, well, my I would cl- check this shit out. So I would close my sets out every night. I had this ill ass mix. I should still put it on a mixtape. I had this ill ass mix I used to do. Step in the name of love. Oh yeah, Africa. Yeah, and it was ill. It's fucking ill. Because mm-hmm. it would be like he'd be like, "Are y'all with me? All right, now one, two, three. Step, step, side to oh, side, man. round and round, dip it back, and I was like, "This shit is ill." This Africa is like comes in awesome on a lot, like for a lot great. of shit. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's a great. It's a great. It's a great tune. But but the world has but the world has fucked up these songs for me. Yeah. And and at mm-hmm. the end of the day, it's like I like that mix is fucked up now. You know. Well, not because of Africa. Because of no, no, it's fucked up. Africa, the country, the continent. <laughs> Africa, the country, fucked up my mix. So, uh, <laughs> personal hatred aside, mm-hmm. and everything. Do you play Michael Jackson and R. Kelly at these weddings still? Like, if somebody at their wedding wants to hear, I believe I. I can uh, I'll, I'll, step in the name of love would actually be the wedding song, right? I feel I like just, for like I feel I like closed, I believe I can fly. Is I kind closed of like out. A, I closed out. A, I closed out a wedding for um, someone. A couple weeks ago, with um, with stepping in the name of love, I mean, per per their request, felt kind of weird about it initially. I felt kind of weird about it, and then um, now would you maybe even think to explain to them like this might not be the best look for your wedding? Right you know now? what was fucked up about it? Yeah, it was all white people. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it was all white people, and that's, I, and that's I felt, the exact felt weird that, about it. No. And, and, and 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 uh, it was weird because if it was a bunch of black people, it wouldn't it? You know, and I would never do that shit in Chicago because I live in Chicago where. Yeah, you know, you don't know who the fuck is in the room. Right, 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 right. right. Um, and I also don't. It's you know, this whole thing is tricky. Um, I would think Ignition Remix would be the white people wedding song though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They love. I mean, they love all this shit. But they, they love. But all they're this also shit. oblivious to that even happening because it's like almost happening in a community that's not that, theirs. That, right? That's not theirs. Yeah. So they. So they. Yeah. And and I felt some kind of way about it, but it was. Um. But it was. Uh. Yeah. It was it was weird, but but it was but but also at the end of the day, I'm also kind of like, I don't know. At the end of the day, my gauge of all things is whether or not the world becomes a better place, it's whether it makes the world a better place or whether it detracts from the world being a better place. Who and I'm like, and, and and like, and I'm like, I don't think that like, like if I play this song in this room right now, no one's I, like, I don't think that it's making the world better or worse. You know, I think that it might be. Um, or maybe it is. Maybe it's cumulative. I don't cumulatively, think anyone can tell <laughs> what they I don't, do. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's cumulatively contributing to something that that um is ugly. You know, but um, I would if I was in that position, I would just explain to anyone like, you might not be aware, but R. Kelly is not is um is like not something you want as a part of your wedding, regardless of how I feel personally about right, it. Like, right. My advice to you. But this was a really unique situation. Really? Yeah. It was. It was my sister's wedding, and her brother came to me and said, "Hey, uh, the groom wants to hear 
an R. Kelly song. And I said, are you sure? He said, yeah. And I said, I don't know, man. I don't know about this. And he said, yeah, he does. He wants, he wants to hear the thing. And I was like, you get him to tell me that. Right. And he, and, and he came and he, and, and he came and was just like, yeah, like, yeah. And I was like, all right. I'm and do it. he requested specifically step in the name of he didn't re- re- yeah. he wanted he, I think I don't know what song it was he wanted an ignition remix that's the only song white people know man yeah but, but, but especially white people clueless enough to request yeah, but, 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 but not but now white people from now white people with ties to Chicago Ooh. maybe not you maybe know what not. I mean so so it was a really specific <coughs> circumstance I don't so he just wanted that. to play any R. Kelly I think so that's maybe kind of trolly almost but he wasn't like I feel like you're just trying to be a little like no, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't know whether like because I know these dudes. Like, I, it's not like yeah, you know. But but on the same note, I don't. I don't want to spend too much time. Um, We're probably not going to put any of this. On. I, well, <laughs> like lingering lingering on on that specific thing. But but right. but but what's more important? What's more interesting is the idea of like, what? How do we navigate this as DJs that play in public spaces? And what is it? Is it like? That's why we started this and podcast. in private spaces sometimes right. too, right? right. Well, exactly. How do we navigate in private spaces? So, like, when a woman loves is my fucking jam. I love that fucking song, you know. And there's a couple jo- number one hit. A lot. There's a couple joints that Kells, you know. I love tons of R. Kelly's music. Right. How it relates to me as a DJ is how anything does. Are people going to enjoy it? Right. Um, right. Right. Uh, I think for the most part, playing R. Kelly right now, regardless of how I feel personally, a is look. a bad look. It's a bad so look. So I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I, I can't see a scenario where that would be the that would be the best move for the party. Right. Yeah, I think that's the thing is that, you know, you have songs like that, that part of why you appreciate them as a DJ is because they do end up being a unifier, even if it's not right. something that people know just right. sonically, like the groove. It's mm-hmm. something that brings people together, but mm-hmm. then... When you have this extra context on there, then it's not a unifier anymore. It ends up polarizing. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Which right. I think also uh, kind of ends up being like, uh, you know, to uh, to visit a topic that we address every week on the show. Uh, part of why Old Town Road is uh, such a thing is because it's got this whole story behind it. It does? And now it has oh, more yeah. of a story behind Cause it. Because he's gay? Now that's, that's, that's the like latest the, uh, edition, yeah, yeah, the latest chapter in the story. Mm-hmm. And there was the whole like, uh, you know, he wasn't allowed on the, top on the, of the charts, on the getting kicked charts. off the charts. Oh, okay. yeah, but then like, on the but charts. then like he's got, but then now that it's on the like the top of the chart, it's record breaking song as far as like the length of time it's been on the chart, going like actual sales and stuff. It's ridiculous. The world is trash. <laughs> <laughs> the world is fucking trash. I do you, you want to uh, weigh in on Lil Nas X and? What you think the trajectory of his career will be from this point on? Well, it's funny that you say that because no, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I don't care about this song. Right. I play it. I play it. I play it. But but you, you know, don't think being um, African American in the world of uh, say black only only people yeah, that don't hang out with black people. Nobody says that. You hang out with black people. Be a black man in the world of white indie music, punk, and navigating white spaces. These white spaces and seeing a guy kind of co-opt country to come out like you don't feel any kind of like a I, I think it's cool I think it's um good for him I just hate I just don't like modern country music right I just don't like it it's, it does nothing for me and I'm not interested in it. I barely like modern rap music like trap trap rap you know what I mean like I barely like so trap so, country is not trap country yeah like I'm like I'm not trying this. to see black people like clubs with cowboy hats on and shit I'm like fuck that fuck that all day and it, and it's not and it's just a personal preference like, you guys I, know that 
I don't get down is like huge. I saw that creeping up on the charts. It's yeah. like uh, it's in the top three or four uh, iTunes songs for weeks now. Is that his? Oh. Is that his new joint? No, no it's, it's another, another guy one. Named Blanco Brown. And it's a country joint. It's, it's a like line a, dance, it's like a, it's a line dance kind mid-tempo. of like oh, mid tempo yeah. twerk tempo. Yeah, yeah. I, I've heard. I've heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. It's 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 actually all right. I thought it was. It was it's actually, a little more catchier. I feel yeah, like than the yeah. other one. A little more dancey. Yeah. And it feels more Definitely like. More. It also feels more. A little like, easier to slide it in a set, right? Like yeah, Old Town Road is down tempo, so it's it like, doesn't feel it doesn't feel like a um doesn't feel like a country song. I'm my bets. I know. I remember. I heard. Was it you, Joe? Which one of you was betting? We are have an ongoing debate. Who thinks? Who thinks that he's going to still be a thing? Josh, you think he's me, still going to be a me. thing? Yeah. yeah, I don't think so. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna have to like. I, I'm gonna back. To I you. think we're both going to be a little wrong. I think he's going to be maybe a little bit more than what I had originally said, but he's definitely not going to be as big as you said either. But only time will tell. Uh, yeah, I don't think. So another thing, mm-hmm. old Ralph. Thing that I think about today mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because now it's something that I play mm-hmm. pretty frequently, which is a whole other thing mm-hmm. of going back to songs that you didn't play when they were out, but yeah. now that you're playing the kids that this was their like eighth grade shit. Yeah, yeah. Britney Spears, oops, I did it again. Yeah, yeah. You used to have the juggle. I had the juggle with Hit Me One More Time. Hit Me One More Time. Hit Me One More Time. Yeah, baseline yeah. on that Which song. is the song I play. Dope. Right. But the. You wouldn't do that with no diggity, would you? What, uh, do a juggle with it? Yeah. I, I, I might have done a juggle with No Diggity at some point, but... but, but No, um, but you... But, this, but this, you were doing this when this song drink. was yeah. new to yeah. backpack mm-hmm. hip-hop people. And like, <laughs> and it, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, like it's I remember not, having you're not playing to, get... to, ki- to kids that this was their like 12th, right. 8th grade dance right. shit and they're right. feeling nostalgic. You're playing this in front of... You're playing like this right after you were playing, right after you were playing J yeah. Rue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a whole, I had a whole routine worked out because I, I remember trying to, and I was like, oh, I got this idea. I want to make like a mix. I want to do like a thing where I get like somebody to rap while I do uh, a back and forth. I just do like a, a juggle routine with "Hit Me Baby" one more time. So it's just like. <laughs> Right, right, and it you is know, a good point. And, and, and I kind of I drop it similarly right. now. I do it out of like uh, no scrubs. Also, yeah. well, well, there was also um, at the time De La Soul had Ooh, yeah, yeah, with uh, Red and, Man, right, which was great song, great song. And I was like, and and it was like, dan and it, oh baby, baby, ooh, 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 dan and it, right, oh it's baby, 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 like you know, that was, and I was it's like, very similar to the Pris kiss yeah oh, like yeah, that yeah, little yeah. like beginning yeah, yeah, yeah. that you tease yeah, in you tease it in great. and it's people great. are like oh and then oh, you go yeah, back to the great. song yeah it's I'm, 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 I'm getting back into the little teases again yeah, when yeah, I, yeah, yeah. you know what i mean I like I you do time. a little cut the other side like yeah. what was i doing it last night i did it with fucking wild thoughts so it's like doom, 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 and back to the other song it's yeah like, oh. it's great it's great the teasing's a fucking slept on technique i think the the i think what does it do you're on the dance floor you get the little wild thoughts cut in. <laughs> so do you think to yourself, you're just like, ooh, I can't wait to hear that in a second. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to hear the that. The song. I can't wait to hear that song come through in a minute. He's going to drop it. Yo, you I know used to know the these guys. Shit? I used to know these fucking guys. When I first moved to Philly, I, I forget their names, but I would go to their parties. They were these, these kids that came into Armand's and throw parties, and they would do the little teaser and never play the song. Oh, a true tease. <laughs> and, uh, the highest the level of tease. And, as it, and I would... I, Every night, that would be like a, a constant thing going on. It's like these guys were teasing songs that they never played. And they do it like every 
two or three songs and you're like what the hell there's a whole crate of things i <laughs> snippeted over here <laughs> you got a whole and this was vinyl era yeah right so yeah. you actually <laughs> take the work to put it on the platter <laughs> and take it and display a snippet and then go no that's not the one i'm gonna do something else they probably were doing it unintentionally and just had like really bad like add, ADD. Who was that? <laughs> was like, no no not that one not that one let's play another no, one no i think that's exactly what it was <laughs> yeah. but as a dj you just would hear it and be like i'm never gonna forget this you you had an interesting uh thought when we talk about um just DJing in clubs mm-hmm. and the modern state of music and how yeah it's kind of being like tougher and tougher there's like less music for the club being made and that comes in waves like we were talking with Diamond Cuts how there is a lot of like twerkier stuff being made but um a lo- one reason why there's seems to be less music for the club being made is because everyone's kind of personally plugged into their own algorithm Mm -hmm. and everyone is on their own page. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those pages overlap and then that's the music you play in a club, but Mm -hmm. it's getting more and more diverse because everyone is getting this music shot to them and Mm -hmm. like very tailored to their specific taste, as opposed to the radio where the whole world or city or neighborhood is hearing like what someone has determined to be the jams. Right. And then you go out and everyone celebrates those jams together right and as a dj you find out what those jams are right and that's part of the thing that's becoming less and less prevalent with the internet now and like algorithms and spotify and everything like that you think music's not going to exist in i do <laughs> i do i do i think i think that music i don't think i think that music i think <laughs> i just had no idea you were built into that i'm, a, I'm an algorithmically created different uh, songs no. for everyone personally and that's yeah sick. tones tones <laughs> Why do I need music if there's something that's going to give me the sensation that I get from from music with with and, and but I don't have to go search for anything. I don't have to like and in a world that where where that focuses on um uh convenience at your fingertips all the time. Like, you know what I mean? Like I don't think why would I need music? You know what I mean? I think the music is going to be a novel thing. It'll be a novelty. A thing like um I just hung out <laughs> cuz this is the life I'm living. I hung out with a bunch of uh, uh, blacksmiths the other day. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> these three women—they were all—they were blacksmiths, and they were all they were wonderful. They were great. They were all awesome. But, but the idea of being a blacksmith is something now that's like a novel, right? Novel thing. Like You're a like cobbler. a jeweler, yeah. yeah, like a cobbler or a blacksmith or something like that. Like, like think back in the day, you had a blacksmith in every neighborhood at every corner all the time with mother- why everyone's last name smith right 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 everybody needed everybody need a horse look at that mike dropping the motherfucking sociology 101 on us of the but uh, but like etymology biology psychology phlebotomy phlebotomy, phlebotomy. <laughs> lyrical astonomy <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying ralph <laughs> i'm like a verbal colonoscopy <laughs> Amazing, damn, Mike! I need to get you on a uh, get you on a track. Be spitting low, busy on the track. Um, got a lot of heady raps, man. Got heady raps. Got heady raps. <laughs> Ready raps. Heady raps. Steady raps. And even when he's dead, he raps. <laughs> oh shit! That by Freddie get the Chetty raps. Oh, <laughs> throw up, throw up that confetti raps. Um, Wop so like Fetty rap. <laughs> Mom spaghetti rap. <laughs> What are you we, done? Yeah, you done? Yeah, what are we saying? Good, because it's getting dry like Serengeti rap. Music, <laughs> Serengeti rap. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> the, um, but no, I think that the idea of like, it's easy, like you, you had blacksmiths all over the place because people needed horseshoes, people needed like things made. There wasn't, some, there wasn't a target mm-hmm. at the time. Right. You know, and then as time progressed and, and you know, industrial revolution and all these, all these other factors, now if you meet a blacksmith, you're like, whoa, you're a blacksmith, that's crazy. That's really neat. And, there, and if anybody wants a blacksmith, they're going to have to pay them an insane amount of money right, right. to be to make two things that they make. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, like, but like, you'll be the only one that has that right, shit. Yeah. Right, right, right. So, so the idea of music, I think that music is becoming this thing that it's just mad. It's all over all the time. Yeah, it's ubiquitous. We take it for granted. Yeah. It's not necessarily like um, something that's like, I don't think that that's a sustainable, if you look at the history of anything else, mm-hmm. I don't think that that's a sustainable track to stay on where you're just like, and people will always be like, well, the people will always make music. Yeah, it's true. But I think that music, um, much like a society, yeah. it's reflective of society. And I feel like we are heading um, for, I, I don't want to sound like a kook, but I am a kook. Too late. But, no, but, but, like, but, uh, <laughs> but the, 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 um, the idea of an apocalypse mm-hmm. is not like some like fire and brimstone right. fucking Mad Max kind of thing. I think that the idea is just that life as we know it ends and becomes something completely different. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and I think that music is going to be that. It's going to be reflective of that in the sense that like if you know like what it's going to be the tones from uh to, from um. Close Encounters of the Third Time. Right. We're just going to do, 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 It's going to be, no, it's oh. going to be. When that, when yeah. that do, do, do hits, man. Oh, I feel it. That's my jam. It's going to be that. It's going to be that. That's the face you make when that do, 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 do hits. And it's like a crying girl. <laughs> it's going to be that, that. I think it's the, the uh, it's going to be the tones you hear when you took the hits. This is musical apocalypse. Right. But you're actually going to, you're except seriously you, going to enjoy the feeling. Except you're going to love it because. Be like, tuned yeah like yeah hit the hit yeah the, yeah the chemicals yeah. yeah yeah and then and the thing is it'll be like and and like google and amazon and all of them will have this thing who figured got the out. best tones who got the best yeah, they got good tones yeah they'll have the thing figured out you know what i mean so so you know that being said there are a few things in the world that i do like uh-huh. a few things that i've listened to lately that i've enjoyed none of it really None of it really club bangers, though. Right, right. Not a lot of stuff that I'm listening to lately. Though. What are some of those things? Right now, my favorite, uh, my favorite shit is this band called Cococo. Oh, you're t- yeah. You're you're good with. You were the first person to point put me on the TV on the radio. Oh yeah, they're great. Like that. Yeah, my homies. Was, shout out to the good. homies. But that was years ago. Yeah. So what's the new? Yeah. What, Co- what? Cococo is hot fired. This this group of dudes from. Um, oh man, I want to say West Africa. I want to say like ah, I'm not sure where exactly. How do you spell it? K O K O K O K O. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, um, Fluff, you on this? You, you looking this up? You see, I got what, this right here. That's yeah. what's up. They're they're fucking fire, dude. The joint is um, uh, listen, name some songs. I'll tell you which one is is the joint. Malembe, Uka Danta. There's one that Farah Mangfunga. Uh, you got the right person doing the pronunciation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you sound like an authentic African. Tongosa. Tongo Tongosa. Tungosa, that one's good. That's not the. That's not the. My my joint though. There's a joint called. Um, uh, fuck. Where, Sorry. Where where, where are they from? I don't know. Uh, not to be confused with Kokomo, one, which is a place record, the Beach Boys wanted to go. Or I'm in love with the Kokomo. Right. How about I'm in love with the Kokomo mashup? Oh, OT Genesis and Beach Boys. 
Dirty South Joe. They're around the Drop same BPM. On. <laughs> <laughs> Might both be I, 117. <laughs> that's um. That's my um. But I'm in but, love with I'm, I'm, I'm in love, love with the Ruba. <laughs> yo, yo, we so the, the pharmacist covered a uh, uh, covered a on this last show we covered a Patty Smith song. Oh, not that one. The other song. That, that, um, even though that is a great song, Tungo Saw is a great song. But um, pharmacist covered this Patty Smith song called "Pissing in a River." Um, and I was listening to it and I was like, wait a minute, this song, the same notes as "Cry Me a River." <laughs> Fishing in a river, crabby a river, go on it just. Anyway, so yeah, Cococo is the shit. They're fucking awesome. These make make their own instruments. They dress like Devo. They're fucking like weird, and mm-hmm. and the guy's got this amazing like cra- crazy ill ass voice. What the fuck is this song? I want you to hear the song. How about you know the title of it, man? It's all. I, 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 I want to. I don't want to. Uh, Remind me of a song. Somebody coming up asking request for a request, yeah, like yeah, scrolling yeah. through their phone. What's, what's that album called? The album's called Nature of the Threat. This Uh huh. The second one there? The Colo? Yes, that's the joint. The Colo is the joint. So what's the song from Kokomo that you or Kokomo, Kokomo, Kokoko? Yeah, this dude Coco-co. is showing fucking fire. I love the song. But these dudes are playing like buckets and pans and pots and shit and guitars made out of like and they look like, like Diva. Fat Albert's like, like junkyard Diva. band wearing yellow jumpsuits and it's like one white dude with a synthesizer, like you know, uh, and they're great. And I was like, this is the punk shit right here. Like it's fucking fire. <laughs> Ralph said, these are my tones of the future. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It really is. It's 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 this my Coco is my shit right now. And then the um um yeah, it's it's wait wait till the, wait till the, uh, the, the bass kicks in. Drums, huh. They're playing in Philly kicks. on October third at really? Boone Saddle. Yeah, go see him. Boone Saddle. Go see him. Yeah. Ralph just played there with the pharmacist Ted Leo and the pharmacist. Oh, Can I get so a little good. volume? I can't yeah. feel it. Oh, cool. Oh, so good. And I love the dude's voice, too. We got to start a DJ prank show. No, no, this is great. I mean, just like in the middle, to actually like have... Us recorded in real life, like you're at a club, like Noto or somewhere, uh-huh. and it's like 12:30, and you just played this and that, and then all of a sudden you just like drop this song, <laughs> see what, <laughs> see what the reaction do. is, just just just, just a sociological experiment. So to see. good, and that's like every Saturday night for me. That's just how I, that's how I <laughs> that's DJ. All you do. Yeah. <laughs> that's, and that's and why aren't you rich yet? I think when, <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> the um. Um, yeah, their, and their album comes out today, I think. They got a new album that came out. Oh, there it is. So yeah, this it. is a little bit of everything. It's fucking awesome, man. I love it so much. See, my counter to the uh, the the looming apocalypse and... Music uh, apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the uh, uh, omniscient techno state controlling everyone's thoughts and desires and... Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even know about controlling, it, just like satiating enough well, for you to not give a shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, techno state, isn't that a new party? At, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> come to my new party, techno state. Um, 
I think people in general are pretty bad about predicting what the next big thing is mm-hmm. going to be, especially mm-hmm. the uh, paradigm shifting stuff. Uh huh. Like electric guitars or punk rock or electronic music or hip hop. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think we like there hasn't been a new one of those for for a while. Uh, you know, it kind of seems like all the different uh, all the different genres are kind of already here. Like, there'll probably be some new ones, but, like, fuck if anybody knows what it's going to be. Nothing. But the, It'll the be major silence. Thing, the major there thing that I've seen that's, that's different sticks hitting those over trees. the past, like, five, ten years or so is... Won't be the trees, though. The access, you know, the, 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 there's just, like, the gatekeepers are, they're just not as powerful as they were before. And doing your own thing, like, even if it's for a smaller niche than it used to be before, like, there's so much, like, the the context of all this stuff that's coming out and the voices and, like, the different types of people who are able to make all different kinds of music now and actually find the audiences for it. Like, that didn't happen before. That's pretty new. And so that's going on. And it also just seems like, in general, kind of the, uh, the influence of the West over pop culture Mm -hmm. of America over pop culture. Mm -hmm. It's, it's dwindling. Mm -hmm. Uh, But everybody's based, but it seems to me, and maybe this is a very uh, uh, American centric nationalist kind of perspective. But I think that most of the popular stuff that we hear coming out of other places is emulating some American shit. You know what I mean? So well, yeah, so I mean, it's, it's you know, but, uh, it's but that also thing music that happens evolve, where general, you know so. when things become popular, yeah. a lot of the times it'll be ninety percent something that's familiar and ten yeah. percent yeah. foreign. Yeah, and yeah. so yeah. you know that's a slow, yeah, a slow, slow process. Yeah. Okay. okay, and like yeah, I mean you have like uh, you know all the like current Afrobeat kind of stuff uh-huh. that that's you know based a lot in dance hall uh-huh. and like like the Asian pop music that's uh-huh. of course really based in Western pop music, mm-hmm. but it's a little different. And uh, you know if you look at the I, I really like going on Spotify and looking at like the global viral top 50 list because you have just like weird regional stuff but, that's but, popping off everywhere. And uh, I don't know. It's just, uh, I don't know. But therein, I, I, li- but therein lies the rub. You like going on Spotify. I do. Spotify is run by whatever fucking algorithm fucking, you know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, if we can't predict what what's next, whatever the next hot thing is, why not be like the next hot thing is nothing? <laughs> like the next hot thing is get, like I think, like, gonna I think it's gonna get there. it's gonna get there. I think that the idea of like I think that it's, it's what in a way that I was describing with like everyone having their own next thing, their own personal next yeah, thing. Yeah, but but, 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 if you get, but, if, but it's so much more complicated to think about your own next thing. We we strive for and we 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 there's the primacy of convenience um, in modern man. You know, there's the the desire to get the thing as quickly as possible without working for it. Our brains even have a, mm. you know, there's some some degree of our, our brains, the way our brains function that facilitate that. There's this idea that, like, if you can do less work for anything then to get the desired result, then you're going to do it. Mm. And I think that if the less work goes into music, like, did you imagine when... um could you have even imagined that, like, that like, Spotify was would have been a thing twenty years ago or fifteen years ago? No, 
You know what I mean? Like iTunes, you're like spot. You were like, I, I could use another player maybe because iTunes is maybe its functionality wasn't. You know, I think what she saw computers and music and music merging and and technology and music and technology being the primary distribution of it as opposed to like the radio or right. going into a store and buying a physical thing. I think once that happened, it's not necessarily like whether it's iTunes or Spotify, there's going to be different named things that are the primary mm-hmm. way that the stuff is getting. But all, but all of those things, but, but the question is the, the, all those things is the, the, you, we, we think that the, the all of those things are still controlled by like three, three giant corporations, three giant tech companies, all of them, no matter what you come up with. So, and, and if these giant tech companies are in labs doing experiments, trying to figure out how to like making these things more addictive, making these things more and more like so much, so much, so, so inextricably linked to your day to day life, then they're going to be like, then, and, and, and in ways that we're not even conscious of, like, like in that, like, Mm-hmm. frog in the frying pan kind of deal like you put a frog in a frying pan you turn it on it jumps out but you put a frog in water and you turn up the, the heat gradually and by the time the frog realizes it's boiling it's too late you sick fuck how do you know this yeah, well you know, <laughs> I'm just saying sometimes you know the, these it's like so I think that the idea of the looming um, uh, the looming uh, art apocalypse the looming is I think that it's inevitable as long as we continue to imbue these machines and they, as, as long as we become far more in, intertwined with them in ways that we cannot separate from. I, I'm, you know, you mentioned before, and I think it should probably be the, the name of this title, The Death of Expertise. Mm-hmm. But do you think, I just kind of, I, I agree with you, what you're saying about, about kind of just sort of an over-proliferation of everything. Yes. Sort of, but there's still like a cream rising to the top quality mm-hmm. that sort of still... And that's no. those blacksmiths that are still those. That's those blacksmiths I hung out with last night. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's those like like, oh man, you still do the thing. That's cool. Like I was, I mean, because I I'm I'm more I, while this is happening simultaneously, I appreciate the fact that um, while there may be three sort of secret looming corporations behind all of it, I mm-hmm. do appreciate the fact that nowadays there is this anarchy. There is this kid in a basement somewhere who just has minimal equipment upload something mm-hmm. on the internet it takes off they you know become successful but, because of it mm-hmm. without the the record label middlemen without the distributor mm-hmm. middlemen like oh, all absolutely. that stuff can be usurped these days absolutely. and gives a little bit of power to the you know people trying to be creative mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i don't know i guess i guess your 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 cynicism which i understand like, it, like i'm kind of more of a glass f i don't want to say i don't i wouldn't call it cynicism i'm not like i don't i'm not saying that things aren't um, I'm not like it doesn't fucking matter, bro. Just the future of music is the all future, music will the be future of eliminated. Music, is, music will be eliminated. Uh, it, what is the point of music? Like, no, I think that the idea. Why'd you do that accent that was, for the Doomsday? That was that was my that's my. Doomsday scientist voice. Spr- now this time on sprockets when we dance. Wanna, was that Michael Myers on sprockets voice? That was Doctor Strange love. You're looking at my monkey. I think I think that the idea of um, that kid or that person uh, at their computer making music or creating things or art and art of any kind, creating something and just circumventing um, all of the gatekeepers that of the past is. I think that that is a a that is a great byproduct of the now. 
I think that that's fantastic. I think that it's awesome. It's exciting. But the problem is that the the mechanisms that facilitated that toppling of the gatekeepers, the mechanisms that facilitated that uh, are the same mechanisms that will devalue the art and that will devalue the um you know, and 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 they're the things that that they're like, and it's kind of inevitable because, because of like, gen, once again, there's always the generational element too. So, um, you know, if someone, if can you imagine if your great grandmother, can you imagine if your great grandmother heard Migos, she'd be like. What the fuck is this? It's cursed. Like this machine what, yeah. is cursed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. What, or what, like, what demon uh, possessed my 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 phonograph? Right. Right. My right. phonograph is. Please call the priest. Right. To perform right. an exorcism right. on my phone my phonograph. phonograph. Can you imagine if 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 her <laughs> or if, 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 if like you know or if her or if her parents heard the baby? You know what I mean? Like, 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 what the fuck? They'd be like, what the fuck? Do you is imagine it? just playing Mo Bamba for a fucking dude <laughs> going back into the 40s and being like, you guys should check this out. You're like, <laughs> like, oh, oh. That, that's just <laughs> abrasive to people. The back to the like, future part like, one scene. Like, like, oh, rock my, and roll. oh my God. Okay. So back to the future is an insanely racist movie, right? <laughs> so let's, we re, I want to remake back to the future, make the protagonist black and make him go in the back and be like, <laughs> Check this out. This is great. I got hoes. And I'm like, what is this? My mind's blowing my mind. They're all like, like turn the channel. I got hoes. Just hijack the airways. Just hijack the airways. Like, no, you go back to the Orson Welles 1984 reading and interrupt that with Mo Bamba. While yeah. everyone's running into and, everybody, the, and, and everybody's like, "This is chaos!" End of the world. The end of the world. <laughs> like, like, they're so, broadcasting their alien music. Yeah, exactly. So, so, so that's the thing. That's a, the the thing is what that person, that person that is in the room creating the thing, making the art. They're getting younger and younger, and as they get younger and younger, they're born into a world that already has these mechanisms in place. And subsequently, if the tone, if your if your if your algorithm tone dialed in tone is there when you're a kid you're gonna be like this oh yeah who's gonna want like kids don't want guitars now but then again if mike and i are a couple of 80 year old guys in a retirement home and mo bamba comes on we're gonna you're gonna be, be like crazy. well that was always my like i always wanted to make that sketch that would be the fun well because shit. we're gonna go crazy because the only th- other thing available is tones <laughs> right 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 it's best to oh, hear some good oh, old-fashioned mo bamba <laughs> that was that was um um my friends who have kids now I'm like, well, like, first off, I'm vehemently against people having kids. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> fuck it. But all my friends that have kids now, I always make fun of them because I'm like, by the time your kids get to be, like, in their, like, 20s and shit, they're going to be like, like, it will be well past the singularity. And they'll be like, they'll be like, oh, my dad's so cool. He totally still, he still has a body. <laughs> like, like, you know, like, 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 they'll be like, oh, my God, look at this. This is the dick pic my parents showed. My dad sent my mom on Tinder. I'll brain, I'll brain I am. And I'll slide into your fucking BMs. I'll slide, wow. <laughs> I'll slide into your that's, that, that technology hopefully never exists. So, yeah, like well. Inside well, someone's feces. Well, <laughs> slide into your BMs. 
That goes all the way back to the uh, <laughs> diarrhea, uh, uh, diarrhea, uh, uh, song you sang on that the was uh, baseball bra- field. That was a kid. That's bra- That was brain messages. I don't know what you're saying, Mike. Slide, well, sliding in first. Slide in. Yo, why hasn't Doc Martens done a campaign that's like slide into your DMs? Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> Hashtag, you know, slide into your DMs. Like, like, do a thing. Are you selling these ideas? No. Yes. <laughs> yes. I can't. We gonna, do we got to wrap Twitter, this up? Soon? Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, we, do. we need to wrap up. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter button. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything that I wanted to cover, but yes, Cococo is dope. Uh, Black Monument Ensemble. Okay. You got to get up on that shit. The Black Monument Ensemble is Damon Locks's latest thing. Mm-hmm. He made a choir. Like he, you want to talk about somebody who's walking the walk? That fucking dude. He's like a very inspiring guy. He um he he yeah this joint is fire this song is fucking fire nice right to the fire song yeah. <laughs> fire well it's, it's all fire. algorithm it's all fire it's all fire the whole the whole album the album itself is gorgeous too if you're a vinyl collector he did a lot of artwork and it's printed on gold like he printed on gold gold with like fucking black vinyl with a little red red swirl in it and hand screen fucking artwork and stuff it's but the album's phenomenal. And he's like, you want to talk about music that makes you feel something and music with a fucking purpose? This is what it's all about right here. All right. On that note, that is this edition. We didn't even hit the theme song or nothing. We, didn't, we just got yeah, we right gotta, into we it. Gotta, we we, we got to do some pre-pro. I got so much more stuff to talk about. Next What's time. The fuck? Next time. Okay, I got to bring you back for part two. Let's do it. Let's fucking do it. Yeah, thanks for being yeah. here today, man. Dude, I am so excited to be here with y'all. Yeah, you don't man. even understand. You're my people. Y'all my I feel like people. when we're done, I'm going to think of like 10 things I wanted to talk about. But uh, that's I mean, we'll we're here. To... Let's you'll, do it. You'll be back. No, we got to get going. But uh, they got to, apparently, they got some kind of they do, comedic. They do, uh, they do other things here. They, do things. <laughs> they did not build this building just for us to podcast. Comedy. Despite what most people think. Again, we do this. From the stage, for whatever reason, just a couple guys sitting on the stage, podcasting for an audience of nobody. How's That's it going? Cool. How's it going yeah. out there? I'll check this out. Fine. All right, what's your socials? What's your promo? Um, holler at your boy. We got, we got. Um, what am I plugging? I got. Well, there's my company. If you get married, holler at your boy, DJ Major Taylor at November Electric. You can go to NovemberElectric.com. Um, I've got. You can follow me on. The Instagrams, you can follow November Electric. I haven't posted a bunch of stuff. I've been kind of lagging on that. But you can also follow me, Ralph Darden, on the Instagrams. Um, and what else do I have to push? Um, coming on, going. On the, I'm playing with the pharmacist going on tour in August, doing a couple dates across, to, um, uh, I think, Ohio, Chicago, Philadelphia. A little short. East mm-hmm. Coastish kind of tour, so so maybe you'll be back soon. Yeah, I'll definitely be back soon. We're coming. We're gonna, I think we're going to start here, and um, I'll probably um, try to do some gigs to DJ some stuff while I'm out on the road. Um, also, look for um, um, Major Taylor stuff. It's coming out. I'll be doing stuff. All right, man. All right, thanks, cool. guys. Yeah. Man. Peace. What do y'all? What do y'all plug in? Uh, nothing much. Oh, check me out tomorrow night in Dewey Beach. Oh, shit. <laughs> so far gone. Dewey Beach tomorrow night. Where Dewey Beach at? Dewey Beach, Delaware. Oh, that's what's up. Uh, I, I will be at Voyeur this weekend doing a main floor business. After all, uh, it is the post-4th of July. We didn't even talk about our 4th of July. Did anyone have a memorable 4th of July? 
I had a good I had good nights, but nothing. A bunch of meat and it's, this middle of the week is weird, right? Like I was kind of like, uh, it is weird. Is to it have fucking a even a holiday? Because like it's not like I have a day job. You know what I mean? So I'm like, okay. Four I saw uh, I saw Spider Man Far From Home. It was awesome. <gasps> oh, and then, uh, and then okay. end of show. End of show. Cut, cut, cut. Get out of here, I'm please. Not, I won't start talking about comic book <laughs> stuff. Yo, we've been on the show. I've been on this thing for what two hours now, three uh, hours, no, and no. I haven't and I haven't done a Philadelphia accent the whole time. Okay. accent. I'm not doing it now with this episode too. So, all right. Waffy, got anything? I do. What? I do. I do a tiki on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Wednesdays for sips. Nice for sips. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Going a little later on Wednesdays now. I got the next installment of Basic coming up Wednesday after sips at the Dolphin. Okay. It's a pop music of all shades and stripes. Doing that. At the Fillmore on the 20th, Saturday the 20th this month, the Carly Rae Jepsen show, oh, after party dope. in the lobby, and uh, I, I got a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> What's the podcast? It's called Ard. Never Ard. heard of it. Never heard Ard. of it. Uh, oh, I'm going to be on the podcast. Um, are we not talking about other podcasts? <laughs> and it got nothing to do with Ralph, DJ there, stuff. There is no other podcast. Perceived value. Sarah Brown's perceived value. I'm going to be on that. Also, check out check out the podcast Ninja Rob. My boys, Marco Perazzo. What the fuck is this? And uh, <laughs> No, Marco Perazzo <laughs> and Tim Carpenter. It's a, they're they're uh, former jiu-jitsu instructors of okay. mine. And I did the music for the podcast. Okay, dope. And it's great. Nice. They're really they're really a lot of fun to listen to. And they, and they got some I will good insights if out. you are True martial artist. Yes. So it's uh uh yeah, so perceived value in Ninja Rob, I'll be on those. All right, cool. Yeah, that's about it. Goodbye. Everyone. Yeah, thanks for listening. You can uh I'm not gonna list all the art socials, but you know, there's links. Links in the bio. Yeah, we out there. Links to all the shit in the bio. Thanks. Thanks. Art. Yeah. Ard.